It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by 18 Birdies, the most downloaded app in the App Store, whether it's Android or iPhone market, you need to check it out. This is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Let's get it going. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. Me and Pat are going to recap the waste management this week. I got to visit TPC Scottsdale, do some fun stuff out there. It was a great time. And we're also going to talk about our results, some picks, some of the Twitter drama that went down this past week. Talk about our awesome new email. Hopefully you guys are getting in on. It's good stuff. We're going to talk a good bit of strategy on this show. We're going to talk about GPP, cash strategy, fantasy draft pricing, along with DraftKings pricing, which totally sucks for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. But we're going to give you our picks. We're going to give you our one and done. We're going to talk some strategy. It's a little bit different this week, I think, with pricing. So we're going to get into that. Hope you guys pay attention. As always, 18 Birdies sponsors the show. We appreciate 18 Birdies. It has the best golf GPS imaginable. So if you play real golf and not just fantasy golf, the GPS for 18 Birdies is amazing. It comes in the free version. You can get a better version of it with the premium version using promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word. So we hope you guys check that out. That's just one amazing feature of the 18 Birdies app. You guys will definitely want to definitely want to check out so uh but without further ado we're going to get into the at&t pebble beach pro-am so thanks again for downloading the podcast and enjoy the show What's up, golf addicts? DB here coming at you from the sunny state of Arizona, home of this past week's waste management. I got my boy Pat holding it down in, in, in the Georgia, the UGA. Pat, how you doing, bud? I'm good. You know, um, not, the, not the UGA, I guess, just the GA. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm Hold good. It down I mean, you can do all the fun things as we talk about a lot. I mean, so you're out in Arizona just playing around. I had some fun, man. I did. I had some fun. Went to the waste management on Sunday afternoon. Had a good time. Walked the course. Saw the whole thing. First time in Arizona. Um, beautiful. Loved the landscape. Really nice. Saw a lot of native area, by the way, Pat. Lots of native area. And, uh, yeah, course was beautiful. It was amazing. Tough walk, though. It's a kind of a tough walk. A lot of hills being a stadium course, so... Great for spectators, but you got to walk up the hills and on the side of the hills and all that stuff to get there. So it was kind of a tough walk, but uh, it was a good time. There was no chance I was getting into 16. It was a total, just what you think it is. It was pretty nuts. Spent most of the day following John Rahm and our boy Adam Hayes, and uh, he was playing in Ricky's group and the old Chesticle, who just dropped an amazing putt on 18. To make the playoff, obviously losing in the playoff to Gary Woodland, a guy who's just been 
really hot lately and um, is really having a great 2018. I think we talked him up a bit in one of our first episodes of the year, just kind of saying he'd worked on a lot of his short game with Butch Harmon in the offseason and was feeling good about that. And that was always the thing with Gary. He's a tee to green monster, but his short game is garbage. But it looks like it's much improved. Yeah, well, that and putting, and he even mentioned after... Uh, well, that's what he, I mean, like chipping and putting. So. Yeah, I mean, and he, he got some work in with Brad Faxon uh, over the offseason, yep. and that's obviously helped his game out uh, in the, in that area, the putting. So, you know, you always talk about... You used to always say how Woodland just was not a scorer. Well, he was score, he was a scorer last week because yeah. he was number one in scoring on DraftKings, made a ton of birdies. As a matter of fact, he made the most birdies... All season long, uh, in four rounds in a tournament so far this year. So, old old Woody is uh, he is he's doing quite well. Well, it's what's driven me nuts about Gary Woodland prior to this season is he gets to the green so so well. I mean, on par fives he gets to par fives and two. He just hasn't been able to make the you know five to ten footers for birdie or eagle or scrambling to save a par he just hasn't been able to do that and clearly whatever he did in the offseason is working for him not only was he number one last week but uh all of the 2018 season he is number one in DraftKings scoring he's just played really well so uh, it was good to see him get, get a win and the tournament was interesting i mean obviously you had withdrawals with jj spawn just freaking uh, who we were all over and and I love the guy and I love his game and I haven't really heard what's wrong with him but um some kind of injury with Drew on Friday I think um or no Thursday uh one of those anyway you had him you had Hideki obviously withdraw wait um, Hideki withdrew yeah imagine that I know really? right we didn't know about that um uh, yeah well <laughs> I got absolutely ripped on twitter for some tweet activity that i had um but a lot of people just you know they didn't they just you know i don't know i guess i needed my tweet to be taken at only face value which is i'm glad hideki withdrew only for the fact that i have leverage because i had none of hideki and i was not happy he was hurt and was not concerned with dfs players adding him on Twitter and going off the rails and giving us a bad look because Hideki's not on Twitter. So, <laughs> well, it's unreal what, what, what kind of hell I get for stuff. It's just unreal, but I guess I deserve some of it. So I know. It, I mean, it makes I me listen, better. Makes me better. You, I think you, 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 you know, ran that tweet by me before you tweeted it out and you were like, man, I'm just so happy that, that Hideki is injured. <laughs> yeah which yes. which is me joking by the way yeah that's, that's you being that's sarcastic just the most yeah asinine really thing to even think that anybody would think that but whatever we got all kinds yeah. out there we love them all yeah yeah some more than others but yeah <laughs> um we had an okay week it was a weird week you had some chalky folks miss the cut <laughs> jordan spieth being Ugh. one of them um ryan palmer my one and done being another one uh so we had an interesting week we picked 31 players which is a little that's a lot we 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 normally try not to pick that many but we picked 31 of the 31 we had 11 miss the cut so meh not not terrible but not what we'd like to see we did have six in the top 10 and uh 11 in the top 25 
including a few, uh, you know, a few few dark horse picks. Man, we had, well, of course, let's see. You you had um, you had Phil as your one and done, who I made fun of you for, and I had to eat crow on that. Yeah. So how about that? Congrats. Congratulations. Oh, Phil. I mean, he did he does make it interesting as he always does on Sunday. He's got like some nine year old searching for his ball in the <laughs> church pew rough on eighteen. I was pretty ticked because he, he just <laughs> on the eighteenth he lost me some money in the in the one and done league. So I wasn't, well, wasn't too thrilled about that because he was up at Phil the Phil makes place. it interesting. Yeah. Um we you know, we had some dark horse picks, man. We had Brian Gay, who I mentioned at the end of the show last week, Martin Laird who you mentioned, I think both finished tied for 11th. We had Chesson Hadley and Ollie Schneiderjans in, in the top five. Um, Ollie was kind of lower owned than a lot of people uh, th- than you may have thought. Uh, of course, you had McGirt, who I told you was ridiculous, and I, I actually got that one right. Yeah, you, you did get that cut. one right. He's, he was disappointing to me. I mean... Well, clearly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of your, you know, one of the most controversial picks of the week was Daniel Berger, who you were on on the podcast. You liked Berger. You thought he was a good play, thought he was uh, leverage, uh, maybe low-owned. I was against that pick, kind of. I mean, I wasn't, like, adamantly against Daniel Berger, but I was like, eh, I think I'll wait on Berger. And then our first week, our first article, our first email with our boy Ben Little, at TrueMav, <laughs> Just touts Burger as the chalk bomb, and uh, it chalk bombed. It did. It was bombed. Uh, but anyway, he you got know what? A lot of you got to start right. the bar low, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> he, I think he got Keegan right though. He kind of added Keegan late on Wednesday, and Keegan ended up being pretty highly owned. He made the cut, but he finished like fiftieth or something. Um, and then I tell you that email is nice. And let me just say in regards to his email. Um, fantastic content, and a lot of you, I think, got that email. However, there was there were a good number of you that didn't get it uh, either on time or you didn't get it at all because the way our contact form, so we told you to go to our, our website, fill out the contact form, and you would be opted in, but there's like a 24-hour delay in moving people that fill out that contact form into our email list. So we didn't realize that until we did this. So if you didn't get it, but you filled out that contact form, you should get it this week. We apologize for that. We just didn't know. This is like literally the first time we've sent a big email out to people. So, uh, But if you did not email us and you want in on that, you need to go to tourjunkies.com, go to the Contact Us page, and just fill that out and tell, tell us you want in on the, on the Wednesday email be glad to get you guys in there. That's some exclusive content that is only being published to you guys from uh, myself and Pat and Ben's cumulative research that we do from the time the podcast is recorded up until later on Wednesday evening. And we have a much better idea of ownership and trends and stuff like that. So it's an important article. Ben is a super sharp guy. And um, yeah, I love, I think my favorite part of the email was the 10 facts. Yeah, I love the I like ten facts. Too. Plus, that's safe. <laughs> like, if you give ten facts, you can't be wrong. They're facts, and so yeah. whatever you, whatever the reader does with that data is on the reader. You know, so but I will say that that ten facts is what um, put me off of JB Holmes when I read a little bit about how he got to where you know uh, how he performed, how he did at the Farmers, kind of backed me off of JB Holmes a little bit for this event and also solidified the Hideki fade that I said on the podcast because 
you know, Ben mentioned uh, some of the strokes game putting data from the farmers, which was a little irregular for Hideki. So um, anyway, the 10 facts was good. That was good stuff. So if you want to get, if you guys want in on that email, contact us info uh, or to go to go to tourjunkies.com, fill out the contact us form. Anything else to add there with our, with the waste management, our picks, obviously you crushed me in the one and done. Um, Ben's right up. Anything else to add to that? No, I mean, I think it's good. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad Mickelson came through for me because you were, yeah, you, you're pretty mean to me. Yeah. You're kind of mean. You know, people just think like Pat just sits here and takes abuse from me all the time. I don't know. What, what, <laughs> let me just tell you, if wait, you think wait, that's where does this come from? I don't know where you're coming, going with yeah. this. I yeah, I think you're starting to have like your character in this whole thing is starting to turn into like this victim all the time, and I'm the villain. And there are people who just think like you just you just take all this this crap from me all the time, and they feel bad for you. Which <laughs> you know, you people need to know. He may be playing into that a little bit on this podcast because Pat does not. He Pat gives it too. Okay, he gives it. He's not near as clever or witty as me, but he gives it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, I mean, one one of the most, you know, I do make fun. I, I try, I, I, you know, I'm passionate when I feel a certain way. And, and I was passionate about Phil Mickelson not being in play last week. And I was passionate about Willie McGirt. And I got one right, one wrong. I was passionate about Ryan Palmer being a great play. He sucked. But, you know, I, when I feel something, I want to feel it passionately, right? And so sometimes that comes across to you like I'm coming at you. But, you know, and sometimes I just think what you're saying is absolutely ridiculous. And one of the most ridiculous things I believe you have ever said, you said via text thread with myself and one unnamed person uh, this earlier this week. And that, oh, God. What, okay. what you said was that uh, something about being an athlete, uh, 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 you know, yeah. a true, a true athlete was coming yeah. out in this text thread. I and what you texted was something to the effect of, well, I'm the better athlete in this duo, the better natural athlete in this duo. Na- I, didn't, I said natural athlete. Right. Natural. And, meaning, and that meaning could across not be all, further from the truth. Like many things, like not just baseball basketball and football or something i mean like oh so you literally just named the three sports that i said that are also probably the three biggest sports in our country but yeah, yeah but, but there's Continue. there's more to being an athlete than just in those sports agree mm-hmm. okay well there's also more to being an athlete than just tennis and what's the other one ping pong or something no we I don't think we've have we fully decided on this. No, we've not fully decided. Basically, what we're saying is this is turning this is going to turn into a thing because me and Pat just I mean there is no way Pat is a better natural athlete than myself and we along with the third party that was on this group text are devising a plan to have a better athlete contest between me and Pat and I think it should be held during Masters Week because that's the next best time that you and I will be together for a long period of time. We can set something up. We can video it. It will be hilarious. I'm very confident of that. And that gives us a little bit of time to get the logistics worked out. But basically, you and I are going to have a contest on who the better athlete is. And we are picking five or six. We haven't nailed it down. Five or six uh, activities, sports, whatever. Uh, skill a skill competition so to speak right 
That's right, skill. And we're, we're going to video this and determine who the true, better, natural athlete is. However, I don't think that Pat's going to be willing to admit it even after I beat him. But No, I will not admit it, but I'm I cannot saying. believe you said that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wax you. And then Pat gets mad because I pick... The whole text thread is ridiculous. You, you, I wish I could share the whole thread with our with our listeners. Well, I mean, you you immediately pick like the two things that you like. You grew up playing as a kid. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Which are what? Baseball and oh, maybe I don't know. You didn't play football, I guess. But no, I never played football. And oh, I played. Oh, whoa! Wait a second. One of the things that you wanted to do was roller skating. Because no. you're so proud of your roller skating skills, which is the dorkiest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And you just think, you think roller skating is such a skill that, you know, and then, you know, you always talk, I mean, anybody's listened to us, they know you talk about it, how you like used to woo the ladies with your roller skating skills. Yes, I did. So, yes, I, did. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the roller skating thing. No, here's, here's how that even, I didn't bring that up. I did not bring that up. Uh, our third party brought up speed skating. <laughs> and you said skating is stupid. I'm reading it now. And I said, I'm good with that. Um, we only have a regular roller skating rink. And <laughs> anyway, then you said DB skated growing up. <laughs> Bragged about how you used to skate backwards and all the girls loved you. And I said, yes, I did. It's because I'm a natural athlete and I was good at it. I used to win free hot dogs and pick up chicks. What are you going to do about that? Like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. But we were, we, <laughs> there was a lot of debate as to what the sport should be. And there's, you know, I want a sport that shows athleticism. So like pool or darts or like all these parlor games that, See, that's not, now that's where I'm in disagreement, actually. That's I didn't not, get it. That I has get, nothing to that, do with athleticism. No, it takes skill, though. There's, I don't there's care. A, there's skill a is thing about, There's a thing about sports that takes skill. And if you're playing cornhole and I'm draining freaking bags on you all day long, that what's the difference so between that and, me, and you draining baskets on me? It's the same freaking thing. In and cornhole, I guarantee you, are, if, if you and I played cornhole... I will drain bags on top of you all day long. You will not win a like, cornhole against me. <laughs> okay, cornhole, you are staying. To me, if it's athleticism, it requires movement. It requires, like, y- your heart rate getting a little bit above sitting, okay? And in cornhole, your feet are planted on the ground, and you're underhand tossing a beanbag. That has no athletic ability, and you can't tell me that just because it has skill, that means it's, it's, it shows athleticism. I mean, well, uh, ESPN be, uh, thinks no, 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 differently you, because ESPN no, is no, starting no, to no, show no, freaking no, cornhole. I'll let you talk. Let me talk. There, there is no way. I mean, you could be a skilled welder. Yeah, that's a skill. Does that mean the welder is an athlete now? You could be a skilled salesperson. You're good at persuading, at talking to people. Are you an athlete now? And see, you I think don't darts, give me ESPN. I think darts requires athletic skill. Don't give me ESPN. They they also broadcast the spelling bee. So is that athleticism? So just because it's on ESPN, that counts for athleticism? I, well, that that may okay. Spelling bee is a good point, but I mean, darts to me takes some skill. It's a sport. That is freaking ridiculous, man. Uh, that, curling, that is just curling, so I think is another one. You are naming all these weak a sports that are or games. They're just games. I'm talking about athleticism. Athletes, you, when you think of is is Nike out there signing dart throwers? 
Are they signing athletes? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not paying attention to the dark Forget. leagues. This is why there's a problem. Anyway, we're going to have to have some mediators help us figure out the sports that we're going to compete in and what we're going to do in these sports. Because otherwise, this will never happen because we'll just debate Well, the one we agree on that's going to happen for sure is golf. We know that that, that is going to happen. Right. Golf is going to happen. We'd have you to know have there's a lot of people there. out there that think golf isn't a sport. Right. And that's just dumb. But yeah. anyway. Just saying. Anyway, you better have, you, can, you don't contest. have to be athletic to play golf. You can, you can be a... You know, all sizes. Be yeah. pretty good at golf. Yeah, true. Anyway, speaking of golf, there's also another contest coming up, and that's the Road to Augusta with Fantasy Draft. Get yourself to the Masters. It's 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 looking great, people. It's looking great. We've we're excited about it. Uh, if you enter in this contest with Fantasy Draft, you are going to get round trip airfare, a two night hotel stay. Some food and drinks and a Friday ticket to the Augusta National to watch the second round of the 2018 Masters with myself, Pat Perry, another fun third-party guest to be named later. And I'll just go ahead and make this announcement right now. You know who else is coming with us on Friday, Pat, to the second round of the Masters? Uh, I don't know. Who? Moose. That's right. Moosonomics, Mike Metzger, founder, creator, brilliant mastermind behind Fantasy Fantasy National Golf Club. He's coming Friday. He's hanging with us. If you win this contest, you're just going to be like, you're going to be in Fantasy Golf Hall of Fame status because Moose is there. Did you get choked up when you said, I mean, like when you said Moose's name? I did. I kind of choked on my spit for a minute. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited about it. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some good stuff going on. One lucky person is going to win this, and the way you win it is playing fantasy golf, especially on fantasy draft. So you get if you're new and you've not signed up, sign up. Go to fantasy draft. Um, put in the promo code Tour Junkies RG, all one word. Tour Junkies RG. Props to our friends at Roto Grinders for helping support this contest. Put that in the promo code box, and you uh, you're in. And then you got to play in a paid entry, so you can play in any PGA DFS paid entry for one entry, basically. And then every time you put an entry into the twenty five dollar Tour Card GPP, you get five more entries on top of that. And you can do this every week between the time you sign up and the Shell Houston Open the week before the Masters. So you can earn tons of entries. And if you're already a Fantasy Draft user, then you can still earn entries by playing in those contests, and you automatically get added. So basically, it's going to be awesome. You need to do it. Fantasy Draft is a great product. In fact, we're going to talk about their pricing a lot more tonight because DraftKings decided to just have a conniption fit and price people in crazy ways this week, and it's just it makes me mad. So I'm not excited about it. But anyway road to augusta contest you guys need to get in on that anything else to add there no i'm I'm just excited about it i think that uh it's going to be a fun time it was a great time last year uh we have to make sure that we turn cell phones off after like maybe Mm. 5 p.m (laughs) but yeah yeah um you you've you know also in, in uh in sync, kind of with the Masters, uh, with the Road to Augusta contest. Don't forget, you can still leave us an iTunes review if you have not. If you leave us an iTunes review between now and Masters week, 
you are eligible for a $250 shopping trip to the Masters Pro Shop. If you can't make it into town, me and Pat will be your personal shoppers. We'll get your wish list, we'll buy your items, we'll pay for them, and we'll ship them to you. All just for leaving an iTunes review. So, one lucky winner there. I think we're up to almost 200 entries. So now you have like a 1 in 200 and 200 shot of getting that, which is pretty good odds when you think about it. That's pretty good odds. It can't is it that difficult to leave a review? It's not. No, it's not. Okay. And for those of you who don't listen on iTunes, listen, we understand. Here's the thing. iTunes rules the world in terms of podcasters. So, unfortunately, that's really all that matters is is reviews on iTunes. Like you can leave us reviews at the Google Play Store or Stitcher or whatever, however you listen to us, and that's awesome. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you listening no matter what. But when it comes to like like podcasting ranks and how we get found by people searching for podcasts, iTunes is it. And so if you don't listen to us through that, but you would like to get in the contest, you just have to get creative and leave it through your spouse or your kid or your friend or the guy you work with and their Apple ID. And then, you know, we're going to read out the username. That's how we're going to, we're going to announce who won by the username. So if your username is that, then you win. Good for you. So that's, uh, that's the iTunes contest. Um, all right, bud, you ready to get into this, uh, this week's event? We got the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am from lovely California. We're back in Cali. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's another course-rotating, cut-after-54-holes event, but it's always a good time. You got all the celebs coming out. It's a good, a good viewing experience if you're into that. You want to you wanna go through the course breakdown with us? Yeah. Why, why, every time we lead into the course breakdown, you take just like a couple of my you know, snippets of information, like the 54-hole cut this week. <laughs> Like, that's something I wanted to talk about, but no, you've already mentioned it, so I'm now sorry. it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I apologize. I will try not to do that next week for Just, I mean, Riviera. Because you you'll, like, say, okay, so we got the Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week, uh, three courses, and this and this and that, and 54 old cut, and I just took half of what Pat was going to talk about. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know naming the the course, the name of the tournament, and the where the cut would fall was half of the information you're about to provide. And it's it wasn't really, half of it. But cutting it was a, edge analysis. By there you. was a there was a it was a couple pieces of it. Well, I'll be sure next week not to mention that the Genesis Open is played at Riviera and it's a regular cut after 36 holes, full man field. I will not mention that next week. All right. Well, thanks. All right, All right, go ahead. So, tell us yes. about Pebble Beach. We are at Pebble Beach this week, sort of, because as you mentioned. This is a Pro-Am, and it's a 54-hole cut, so they're going to be on three courses. They will play Pebble Beach twice if they make the cut. Pebble Beach is obviously the most famous of the courses that they're going to play this week. 6,800 yards, par 72. Poana Greens, all of these courses, by the way, have Poana Greens. All are, I would say, pretty small as far as the green size. You know, they're not they're not huge greens here, but fairways are relatively average to easy to hit. I mean, if you look at every single one of these courses that I'm going to talk about compared to tour average, that most players are hitting these fairways, meaning, again, they're going to be a little bit easier than most. 
You got Spyglass Hill is the second course, which I hear is just absolutely gorgeous. Well, all of these are gorgeous, but I hear that one's just so underrated. 6,900 yards, par 72. Uh, and then Monterey Peninsula Country Club, which actually, you know, is probably the easiest of the courses, but it's it can be sneaky hard at times. Uh, 6,900 yards, par 72. Again, another Poena um, course. I think with these small greens, one of the biggest things I'm looking at is scrambling because I, I think you're you're not going to see uh, you know a ton of guys just throwing darts all over these greens. They're going to have to scramble on this course. Looking at past champs, you had Jordan Spieth last year. You had Vaughn Taylor in 2016, which was kind of crazy. Really, Mickelson probably should have won that court that tournament. But you know we love Vaughn. He's a local Augusta guy, so I was glad that he won. Sneds in 2015, Jimmy Walker in 2014, Sneds again in 13, and then Mickelson in 2012. Now, we, we've kind of thrown out the weather element of, of what we typically talk about on the show, but I will say it's something you need to pay attention to this week. We'll be talking about it more later in the week. I think as far as you know, rain, I don't think we're going to see any of that, but wind we could see on Saturday, which might give us um you know some sort of indication of who we're going to want to start you know when you know who's playing what course when that's going to be key as these tee times this week you know who's on spyglass or who's who's on the hardest course on you know saturday which it might be the the most windy day so that's going to be a huge thing for us that we're going to look at this week other than that i think that's about all i've got you know as far as my stats definitely looking at par five scoring we got a ton of par fives that they're going to play this week. You got to score on those. Strokes gained around the green, which is basically scrambling. And then for me, I am going to look at some putting this week on on POA specifically uh, because it get, this is POA is tough. You've got to to know these greens. Somebody like Phil Mickelson, who grew up playing around POA, a guy like Sneds, who who you probably don't like DV, but. Could be a sneaky play this week. Loves putting on these Poa greens. So there you go. What do you got? I like it. I like it. Good course breakdown. I would add, I agree, totally agree with you on the scrambling aspect. I do think that's important with these small greens. It's not an overly long course, so a lot of guys are, are you know, I mean, I think they're smaller greens because, you know, it's not a long course. So you're not hitting a lot of long irons into these greens. But nonetheless, when you miss them, you got to be able to get up and down. So I, I agree with you there. I think par five scoring is huge this week. I think that's where a lot of numbers are going to be are going to be posted. So that and also just DraftKings scoring, DraftKings points overall, or or you know fantasy golf scoring, whatever whatever format you play, FanDuel, fantasy draft, whatever. I think that's huge. As with any tournament with three rounds, you know you're guaranteed to get the three rounds. You don't get as much leverage on the field. Um, you know if you get six of six through, I mean it's still leverage. Don't get me wrong, but it's not you're you're gaining a day of of performance on the field versus two days, which is what we normally get. So I think you can be a little a little more. You know you can take some shots this week. You can take some dark horses. You can kind of do the studs and duds thing although with pricing on freaking DraftKings, i don't know like there's so many low priced studs that going more balanced maybe the approach um on sites like fantasy draft i think it's a little bit different with with pricing more accurate to 
you know, Vegas odds. Um, but anyway, I, I think that's in the strategy a little bit. So I love the par five scoring, the strokes gain around the green, the DraftKings points. I'm going to add a stat that I like from our boy Moose over at Fantasy National Golf Club. Uh, good drive percentage. I like that stat. So uh, it basically means they either hit it in the fairway or they didn't hit it in the fairway, but they still got it on the green in regulation, meaning it wasn't so bad that they couldn't get it on the green regulation. So I do think hitting some fairways here is going to be important. Um, we know a lot of our bombers are likely going to club down on some of these uh, par fours. Um, so I, I just think hitting the fairways is key. So that's probably, um, yeah, that's probably, that's probably it for me. I mean, I'm, I'm, when, when I've got a three, you know, I've got a 54 hole cut like this, I'm just going, I'm going to ride a lot of form and I think ownership is key. And that's, you know, we talk about it every week, but fansharesports.com is where, you're going to get your ownership data. I mean, that's where, like when Ben's going to prep his article on Wednesday for the email, he's going to Fanshare to check out who's getting talked up, who's looking like the chalk plays, who's looking like the under-the-radar plays. Uh, For example, actually, last week, and I don't have any way to prove this other than you just got to believe me, but, you know, (laughs) last week we didn't really talk about Woodland on the podcast, but we've liked him all year, and we liked him last week. I just thought he would be super chalky. I looked at Fanshare, on Wednesday night, and he was not chalky. I don't know what happened. Like people just didn't talk about him, including us. So I had him in a lot of lineups. He was like eleven percent owned. Um, they also nailed Chez Revy last week on Wednesday night. They wrote on Wednesday they wrote up Chez Revy as a possible pivot play in GPPs. So if you're playing GPPs, you need to you need to have a FanShare account. So you can go to FanShareSports.com, check that out. Um, but I think ownership is going to be key too. So. That's that's what I got. Ready to go? Ready to rock and roll? Yeah, let's go. You know what I want to do tonight? I want to do things a little bit different, but I, I want to I want to really talk a little bit of maybe maybe we do it in the middle or towards the end. I want to talk a little bit of cash because we we do have a fair amount of of listeners who play cash games and and they contact us uh, you know Tuesday and Wednesday asking us about cash lineups and a lot of times you know the guys we mention we like for both cash and GPP, I would say. Maybe if, if if we like a guy only as a tournament play, we'll kind of throw that caveat out there to say, this is only a tournament play, I wouldn't play him in cash. But maybe let's talk a little strategy and, and, and notate when we like a guy more for cash. Um, I, think that, I think that would be good. Are you good with that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right. You know, freaking DraftKings, man. Like, I don't... <laughs> this This... This... Mother loving pricing is just ridiculous. These are some names, just a few, that are below seven thousand. I'm going to start here. This is why I don't like it. These are some names below seven thousand on DraftKings. Russell Henley is at sixty six hundred dollars, a hundred dollars off minimum price. Here it is. Graham McDowell, who's not like we haven't seen a lot of Graham here lately, but he's a pretty good player. Um, also. away from the minimum. Before last week at the Waste waste Management, um, Russell Knox, (laughs) who had a T29, T29, and a top 10 since January, is uh, $6,700. Bryson DeChambeau, who freaking was cruising on Saturday, lighting up the course, 
at the waste management. Didn't have a great Sunday. But Bryson DeChambeau is uh, is is sixty nine hundred dollars, and Rafa Cabrera Bella, who is a phenomenal player, worldwide player, great talent, great form, is sixty nine hundred dollars. Th- those guys are under seven k, and that is what pisses me off about how DraftKings did this price this this pricing thing. And I don't know, Pat. Like, what do you think is going to happen as far as the popular uh, strategy here? Like. Having guys like this available to you in GPPs, I would imagine, is going to free up so much salary space that a lot of people are then going to roster your Spieth, your Day, your McElroy, your Rom, and your DJ, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that... Here's the thing, too. I mean, the pricing is what it is. I, I feel like there there always is too much... You get too riled up, David, on the pricing. Like, I mean, it, it's... It just is what it is. So you roll with it this week and try to find the advantage of or the edge of a guy that you can play and then, you know, strategize around that and your strategy should not matter because of the pricing. So here's the thing. You know, yeah, there's cheap guys like RCB, Rafa Cabrera-Bella. I, I do like him. I mean, it, it, he's a world-class player. He should not be at that 6,900. But you know what? To me, that that just says, okay, He's going to be a popular play. He's going to be high-owned. So let's look at the pivot plays off of him this week, especially in GPPs. Now, not in cash. I know you wanted to talk cash, but especially GPPs. I'm probably going to be looking to pivot off of these just obvious pricing errors and and then build it around with guys, especially at the top, because I, I think you're going to see a day, a speeth, a Rory, one of those guys are going to win this tournament and be the highest scoring player on DraftKings. So I want to have somebody in that 10K and above range in my lineup. We have seen a lot of the studs taking down these tournaments here lately. You know, I mean, um, we haven't had a lot of, you know, low, low end kind of winners here. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, it does rile me up because I just want it to be a little more level with Vegas odds so that the edge is, is gained that, that we get by doing research. And, like, I mean, any schmuck can just recognize that Rafa Cabrera-Bello and all these guys are, like, great value, so they put it in there, and then all of a sudden they hit. You know, I, I don't know. All right, well, let's go back to the top. So what are you going to do at the top when it comes to DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, which uh, the Fantasy Draft's pricing a little more true to Vegas size, as we mentioned. So what are you going to do at the top as far as DraftKings first? And then tell me about kind of are, are you going to play any of these guys on Fantasy Draft as well? Well, I think that you're right there up at the top, Dustin Johnson. He's got to be the favorite for the week. This is a, a tournament he has not won yet, but he's he's certainly... Uh, threatened to win and i think that it is obviously you know what was he third last year here has gained 35 strokes on the field since he's played here over the last five years he's got a t4 he's got a t2 he's going to win this tournament i feel like he is the best player in the world right now and i am going to have a lot of dustin johnson right there at the top not going to be afraid of that price and i think rom just beneath him Still concerns me. He's now coming off. What is this? His fourth or fifth tournament in a row? Yeah. Kind of. I was actually surprised when I saw that he was playing this week. I thought like he's just due for a break. 
but I just I'm not going to play him. Here's the thing now. So I think DJ and Cash is should be just a lock because you can you're you're going to be able to find value down in the in the you know six k and seven k range to be able to to fit DJ in your lineups. Spieth to me though should be a GPP. I don't know. I don't want to say the lock. But a guy that you really should look at coming off a miscut. I know he's been putting terrible, and you're probably about to go into a you know a long diatribe about how bad his putting has been. But at so 10 bad. seven, he is the he is the lowest. Jordan Spieth is the lowest priced guy in the 10k range coming off a victory here. He's got a T7 here, a T4 here. He's gained 51 strokes on the field in the last five years playing this tournament. If if you're ever going to gain an edge playing Spieth off of maybe what you might consider poor form, this is the week to do it. Might as well play him. I will play him. I love him in GPPs. So there you go. Right there, top and bottom are my two guys. Rory's interesting to me, but I think I'm going to take that kind of wait-and-see approach with him, which, which let me just say, in, in all fairness, that approach did not work for me with Jason Day. Yeah, farmers. that's true. And Rory's been playing. I mean, he was playing. Yeah, he's been, he played, been playing good, playing well. Um, he's just never. I mean, he's never played Pebble, has he? I mean, I know he hadn't recently. I don't think he's ever played Pebble. He's never played this. I mean, he's played this course, but he hasn't played this tournament. So right. Um, so I don't know. I, I think if I'm on DraftKings, this is what I. This is what I think. I'm and. Yeah, I think in cash, you're exactly right. I agree with you on the Dustin Johnson call. I think in cash, you play DJ or Day. I like both of them. I mean, they both check all the boxes here. They both, you know, have, um, you know, strokes gain data here that, that backs up the pick. I mean, I think you play both. I think you play either one of them. You pick one in cash. You pick one of those six, uh, maybe two out of those five or six names we named in the 6K range are just egregiously priced. Uh, a Rafa Cabrera Bello or something like that, and then you fill out the rest for for um, I think for cash that's what you do. I think it's it's almost an inverse week. So for cash, I think you do that. For GPPs, I'm either playing Rory or I'm dropping down below the 10K and I'm going to fade the whole bunch because I'm with you on Rom. I think Rom is I think Rom's a little tired. I, I think he's. I don't know though, man. The guy's so good, and now he's playing in a field with DJ and Rory, and he's got a chance to be number one in the world, and that that could elevate him a little bit. But I know he's tired. Um, but I think for me, out of this group, it's DJ or Day and Cash. And if I'm playing anybody in a GPP, I'm going to go with Rory. I think it's, I think having seen him play overseas in the last few weeks and see the form. I know he's itching to get his PGA Tour season started. I like the play, and currently, FanShare uh, in the in the early stages um, has him as the fourth kind of highest projected guy in the group. Maybe even close to Rom as far as ownership. They have Rom at the bottom, so I think that's the play on Fantasy Draft. I will say because the pricing is 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 still okay. I think you in GPPs and in the tour card, if you're going to play in the tour card, which you should, so you can get five entries to the road to Augusta, I think you play, you know, you you do the opposite of that strategy that I was talking about for DraftKings. I think you play DJ and Day 
in the GPPs because there is some decent enough value at the bottom on fantasy draft. You can get those guys in there. So um, that's that's my plan. Uh, as far as the is the nine K range though on DraftKings, let's drop down. This is where I'm going to start some GPP lineups, and I like I, I like in. Well, I like Woodland coming back. I, I, I hope maybe a little dip in owner. I don't know. I like Woodland no matter what. I don't care what he comes back at as far as ownership. I just love the way he's playing. Uh, I mentioned he's number one on uh, on tour this season in DraftKings points and strokes gained on par fives. He's top 40 in good drive percentage. Uh, he's not terrible around the green. He's getting better, like we mentioned. So I think Gary Woodland is a play for me. I'm kind of locking him in everywhere. I'm going to get back on it. I think the win is fine. So at 9,900, I don't need him to win again. I just want him to keep scoring like he's doing. And then that's probably it for me in the 9K, and then I'm going to eat up the 8K. What about you? Well, first off on Woodland, I think that I, I read that from Fanshare that, that we've seen, you know, the, the previous winner – and I think this is maybe across the board, but you see the previous winner having lower ownership the following week. And there's a a little bit of an advantage to take, you know, just trying, you know, just for GPPs or whatever, take the guy that won the week before and just see what happens. And I don't think it's a, you know, a cash play or whatever, but I, I don't know. I don't know why there's this huge bias towards, you know, Fading the guy that won the week before, especially when he's in such great form like Woodland is, or you know, scoring like he is. But that's one reason to me alone just to play play him. But I, I still I'm surprised you didn't mention Mickelson. After last <laughs> week, you know, he came through for me. He loves these greens. He's played well here in the past. He finally got his act together at TPC Scottsdale. He was hitting some fairways. He was putting well. He's scoring. I think Mickelson is a great play at 9,600. I'm shocked that you didn't even mention him. You no, got to mention something. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not interested. He checks a box in par 5 scoring. So, you know, I think also strokes gained putting on Poana. He's, he's up there. So, I'm going to have some Mick again this week. Okay. I don't know why you... What's your deal with him? Like, I mean, I don't understand why you can't play some Mickelson. No, I mean, I I might have some of him. I like him more this week than I did last week just because I get him for three rounds. He's an incredible par-5 scorer over the long term and in the, in, in the recent short term. I, I don't, don't even mind his... I, you know... I don't know. I just think that he's just. I don't hate the pick. I'm fine. I don't hate the pick. I'm not as adamant about it as I was last week at all. Not not at all. So I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Um, the AK range I love, and I think a lot of people are going to be in here. But I, my favorite guy in the 8K range, according to Fanshare right now, is not getting a lot of chatter or in the early in the early stages of uh, the DFS talking head community. And that is Patrick Cantlay at 8,900. I am a big fan of Cantlay this week. He is 15th 
in the last 12 rounds on uh, uh, as far as DraftKings points scored. He's second in par five scoring, and he's top 50 in both good drives and strokes gained around the green. I love Cantlay for this tournament, and if and if he stays at that lower ownership projection that he is right now on FanShare, I will be extremely happy with that. Another guy who's surprisingly low and not getting a ton of mentions on FanShare that's right below him that I also love is uh, is Matt Kuchar. I mean, you know, Kuchar had a great week at the uh, uh, at the Waste Management. He scored. He actually scores surprisingly well on par fives in the last uh, five PGA Tour seasons. Twice he's finished top twenty in par five scoring. I I like Kuchar. I, I really like it. And I think again for cash lineups. I love cash lineups where I just kind of live in that nine K and eight and eight K range and one seven K guy. I think I'm sorry, not for cash for GPPs on DraftKings. Um, like if I go, if I go, I mean, I just think so many people in GPPs are going to have one of those guys in the 10 K and above. So anyway, those are the two guys I like the most in the 8K. I mean, Pat Perez checks all the boxes. He's getting a lot of chatter right now. Um, I do like Chesson Hadley here at 8,500 in good form. This seems like a really good course fit for him, and I know he loves the golf course. We got a little, we got a little tip from, uh, from a trusted source. Hadley is a big fan of Pebble Beach, loves playing here. He's got a decent history here, um, so I, I like Hadley. All right, what, what do you think about the AK range? Wow, so I, I, we could probably move through this pretty quick because you mentioned at the you know two of the my top guys, which were Cantlay and Kucher. As anybody who listens to this show knows, we do not talk our picks beforehand, and you nailed those two. So those were the two that I was you know most nice. high on in this range. So I, I really don't have much to add there because you pretty much hit it there. Um, Chesson Hadley, I'm with you there too at 8500. You know, he missed the cut the last time he played here in 2016. But the two years before that, in 15 and 14, which were his better years on tour, he finished T10 here, both years. So, as you mentioned, he is, you know, a big fan of this course. He thinks he can play well here, thinks he can win here. I'm, I, I like Chesson at 8,500, and, and I love his form right now. I think that price is fine for him. So, I'll, I'll be all on some Chesson this week. Now, dropping down below that, though, if you want to go low 8K range, I'm a big fan of Brant Snedeker. And as a matter of fact, I think that he will be lower owned than he should be. He's obviously got good course history. Checks a box on scrambling. I think that Sneds at 8,100 is going to be one of those guys that's just totally overlooked. Nobody's seeing him right now. He's Look, he's making cuts. He's not exactly scoring all that great, but I think that Sneds is just coming along after this injury. I love him this week. If you look at the last five years on this course, he's got two wins. He was fourth last year. He's gained 43 strokes on the field. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some Snedeker this week. I think it was one of, the, one of those weeks where you can get a guy, you know, not in the greatest of forms, but going back to a familiar course where he's always played well, is healthy, and can win. So I like some Sneds at 8,100. Yeah, man, I don't mind. I don't mind him, but I'm not crazy about it. 
uh, I would be all over James Hahn, but this is his fifth week in a row playing golf. That's got to take See, I like a toll. Hahn too. I'm with you there. I like him. Like, and he plays his course well, and he, um, I don't know, he's just in tremendous form. He fits. He fits some of these stat categories, but this is his fifth week in a row. I, I just, I feel like the strokes bled grinding factor is going to come up and bite him eventually. Um, but I, but other than that, I don't know. I, I could see myself kind of getting worked into him as the, as the week progresses. Um, what are you going to do with Shez Reeve? I mean, this feels like a great fit for Shez um, as far as the course and the course fit. You know, he's he's been playing. This is his, well, he took a break for the farmer. So, but I mean, he's been playing great. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know why um, there may be so many good values here in this 8K range that some of this ownership is kind of diluted. So I don't know that I would, I don't know that I worry about it too much. But if I'm going that balanced lineup approach for GPPs, I don't mind having a little Chez in there either. I, I think he's you ride the form and the confidence right now. Uh, so what? So are we not playing Kisner, our, our boy? No, you know, and only reason is, and he was top ten last year, which here, which was kind of surprising. But he has, I mean, specifically told us yeah. directly that he hates Poana greens. Yep. And there's a, you know, that to me in itself just doesn't scream, "Hey, let me play a guy at eighty two hundred who hates the greens." He's probably out here because he, you know, it's obviously a beautiful course. And it's it's one of those tournaments that he probably really needs to play, but I just don't I just don't see him returning any value off of the price. I mean, you put him in the six K range, okay, maybe so, but they're not gonna you know he's not gonna be in that range right now with the way he's playing. Nah, so I'm just not a I'm just not a fan of kids at eighty two hundred. It's just too much for a guy who has admittedly said he hates these greens. Yep, Kiz is not a fan of the poa. Um, all right, let's get into the 7K range on DraftKings. Who you got? Start it off. All top. right, at the top, and I'm going to tell you this right now. This is one of the players that I feel the strongest about this week out of this entire field. It's 7,900 Patrick Reed. You course-history-loving son of a gun. He is. Well, the course history is there. I mean, he's had two top ten finishes here. He hasn't finished outside the top 30 in the last five years. He's gained 44 strokes on the field. Patrick Reed, this is, this is a tournament, though, that I think he can win. Um, he checks the box on scrambling, which we mentioned. He is number one in the field in scrambling. Also, par five scoring. Checks the box there. We're going to talk about a one-and-done pick later. Oh, Lord. This guy may be my pick. Dude has not won in a long time, actually. I don't care if he hasn't won. I don't care whatever. I love Patrick Reed. I think this is a great course for him. He will be in a ton of my lineups. So Patrick Reed is my favorite guy. Now, a couple others. One, Nick Taylor. At 7,600. I think that's a pretty good... By the way, Reed, you mentioned talking cash plays. I'm actually a big fan of Reed in cash. I think he's a very good cash play. Nick Taylor, though, is a good GPP play. I like him there. His last two years, he's had a T10 and a T30. 
checks the box and strokes gain approach. Also, he is a ball striker that I believe will be hitting these greens and giving himself some birdie opportunities. So I like Nick Taylor at 7,600. And let's see, another one I'll throw out. A guy that you were not... No, that's 6K range, sorry. All right, Kevin Strillman, 7,300. He hasn't missed a cut in God knows when. I think it's been like 18 events. <laughs> he's checks a box in par 5 scoring. He's been top 20 in the last two years here. So I think Strillman... Great play this week. A really good cash play at seventy three hundred. So there you go. I mean, if you're looking at a guy this this low seven k range, especially talking cash, why would you not go Strillman? He never misses cuts. He can score on par fives, which they're going to get a ton of them this week. They got fifty four holes to do. So I think Strillman's a, a great play there. A guy a lock, really, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Shrillman's pretty good. I mean, we obviously have different cash strategies because I'm going to go more balanced. I'm literally going to have probably one person in the 7K range and then everybody else will be in the 8 and 9. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm talking GPPs. You're talking cash. You said cash for him, right? I did. I said okay. cash because that's what you, you yeah. the theme of what you were saying right. you were supposed to be doing tonight. So that's, right. that's what I said. It was cash. I like Strillman too. I also like him. I think he's a really good value on fantasy draft. He's only thirteen thousand on fantasy draft. You can work him in with some of those studs at the top for the GPP on fantasy draft. However, uh, he's currently slated according to FanShare to be the most popular player between uh, all of these six and seven K range on DraftKings. So know that going into any kind of GPP play, if you want to play Kevin Strillman on DraftKings, he's going to be chalky apparently. But uh, other than that, I tell you, I don't like a whole lot in the $7,500 to $7,900 range. I'm going to go back to the well on one guy who has just irritated me for a long time. I never seem to get his good tournaments right. But I'm going to try one more time. He's, he's gained 17 strokes at Pebble in his last five years and attempts here. Um, he can get hot, okay? He, he can get hot. But he sucked last week with a T65, kind of limped into the weekend. But he's a good driver of the golf ball. He keeps it in the fairway and has some length on him. And he's top 35 in DraftKings points scored. It's Shane Lowry. I'm going to try Shane Lowry one more week. I like the price drop. He's been in the 8K range, you know, mid to high 8K range. So I think the value's there. He's not the best scrambler and putter, but... Um, Tita Green. I like the Lowry pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I like that. I think he'll be pretty low. Um, he's about the only one that I'm really passionate enough about uh, at the 7500 and above range to to really go after. Um, I do. I do like. I do like the Strillman play. My favorite play in the 7K range. That's not actually. It's probably my favorite play in the 7K range, including Shane Lowry. Is Chris Kirk. At $7,100, Kirk is just playing really well right now. Um, Gained 16 strokes here at Pebble is, I mean, the dude just, I mean, and that's a cheap, I mean, to me, that's a, that's a pretty egregious price for him. He's 11th on tour in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained on par fives, third in scrambling, 39th in DraftKings points. So not, not great, but uh, he's doing a lot of things pretty well as Chris Kirk. So, 
I think he's tough to avoid. He's another really good value on fantasy draft at 13-5. So if you're pairing, if you want to put like a couple of the studs in your lineup, Streelman and Kirk right there in the $13,000 range, I think are pretty interesting. Um, so I'm shocked you didn't say Chris Kirk because you normally, you normally love him. I think, again, we got to stay on Garius for another. I mean, the dude just continues... He continues to play pretty <laughs> well. It's like been a staple of the podcast. The he really game. has been. Like he's just he's he's playing well, and he checks he checks boxes, man. In par five scoring over the last five years, I mean, he does it on a good long term level. Uh, he scores DraftKings points. I mean, seventy one hundred bucks. He's eleven thousand six hundred. He's near the bottom on fantasy draft. I, I just I don't know why. Like when you get I, I, dude, just playing really well. What are you going to do about Brandon Harkins there at seven? Miscut at the waste management. But other than that, in his last, what, three tournaments, 20th in par five scoring, 7th in DraftKings scoring overall, 19th in strokes gained around the green. He is a little wild off the tee, but if he clubs down on some of these par fours, maybe he can keep it in the fairway. What do you think about him coming off a miscut? I mean, everybody was riding Harkins. I think he was like, 15 to 17% owned across a lot of contests last week and missed the cut? I don't know about him. I mean, I I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of them this week. I, I just, I think he should, for one, I think he should still probably be in that 6K range. I know that he's got some recent form and whatever else, but. I mean, he's at 7K, like right on the number. He's right there. No, I just, I don't, I'm not a big fan this week. Yeah. I think if you're going to play GPPs in fantasy draft, you play him. If you're going to go the studs and duds approach on DraftKings and GPPs, I think you play him. I, th- I think him and I think him and Kirk are two guys I go after. Kirk's going to be higher on for sure, but I think Harkins burned a lot of people last week. So, um, all right, then we get into the 6K range on DraftKings with all this mess. So, I mean, obviously Cabrera Bello is a stud. DeChambeau is obviously in great form. Missed the cut here last year, but he's in good form. I think you could play him. I think you get you talked about finding a pivot play off of these guys. Okay. I think one of the pivot plays right at the top is Jason Kokrak. Kokrak's gained eleven. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. That, you like that guy? You like him? Yes. DB. Very. Loving this. All right. So look, look. I can't even believe I, I, I'm just shocked. I I I really. Okay, I, can't in my, I thought that you did. I I, I would have thought that you would not have liked this guy this this week. But. In my custom stat model that I ran on Fantasy National, he is seventeenth overall in my custom stat model. Twenty seventh in DraftKings points, thirty second in par five scoring, seventeenth in good drive percentage. Not scrambling all that well, but he's also he's gained eleven strokes on the field in the last five years here at Pebble. I think if you're going to avoid the chalk that is RCB into Shambo, I think Kokrak is your play. God, I feel so good right now. Mm. Who are I you? mean, also, you look at the way he's played recently. I mean, he was T31 at the Waste Management last week. He was in the top 10 at the Career Builder. Made yeah. the cut at the Sony. Yeah. Um, nothing great. Him. Was T47. But, and then if you go, let's just like, all right, so throw all the things you just said. Now let's go course history. He was top 25 last year, top 30 the year before that. He did miss the cut in 2015, but then the top 20 in 2014. So 
he's a guy that can play this course and knows how to play it well, and he's in good recent form. So I like to take both of those things a lot of the times when I'm looking, especially these 6K guys where there's a lot of variables involved. But you've got recent form and you've got course history right there. So I'll play some Kokrak. I love him this week. I'm so happy that you mentioned his name because he is really one of my top guys in the 6K range. Nice. All right, give me some other guys you like. All right, so and there's there's several. Now you mentioned our you know, Rafa Cabrera Bella. I'm fine with that, but I want to give a few names that I think this are that I'm extremely these are like the strongest feels. That's what Tiger would say. The all feels. the feels, huh? All the yeah. feels. So Russell Knox, you mentioned earlier at sixty seven hundred, I think he's a great play. He's obviously he's got good recent form, checks a box in scrambling. I love some Russell Knox and a guy that just seems to go under the radar all the time. Now, he missed the cut last time he played here in 2016, but the two years prior to that, he was in the top 30 here. So I do like some Russell Knox. And keeping with the Russell theme, Russell Henley, 6,600. This is a stupid price for him. Yeah, stupid. I mean, I just don't understand how you wouldn't play a guy like that. Yes, there's the whole Bulldog thing. Everybody knows we're Bulldogs, (coughs) and we love that. But I still think he's an excellent play. He checks the box, especially on putting. He he can putt on the – he did not grow up playing these greens, but the guy can putt these greens. So I love Russell Henley. Last play, a guy you probably didn't think I was going to mention – but I do like him this week at 6,800, 6, and that's Luke Donald. Checks yeah. the box in scrambling. He is in the top five in this field in scrambling. Um, he's gained 13 strokes on the field in his last few times. He's played here with a T23 and a T26. So Luke Donald at 6,800, I think, is fantastic. I will play him this week, and there you go. All right, I have got one more pivot play that I think could make me look like a total genius when all this is said and done next week. Or people just be like, that was a terrible call. So in this 6K range, you know, we mentioned all these guys who are just horribly undervalued, and and I think you should play, you should play them. If you want to play them, play them. But if you want to pivot and you want to go studs and duds in a GPP on DraftKings especially, and but I also love this guy on Fantasy Draft. I like him on both. Um, he's a rookie, which there weren't a ton of rookies who had a great run here last year. Mackenzie Hughes played okay. A couple of, a couple other decent finishes out of rookies, but not nothing great. But knowing that you get three rounds... Knowing that the par five scoring is critical here, okay, I think you take a guy who in the last 12 rounds on the PGA Tour, so very recent form, okay, just right now, what's he doing? In the last 12 rounds he's played against this field, he is third in the field in par five scoring. Third. He is 17th in the field in DraftKings points scored. He's middle of the field in good drive percentage and he's not that great around the greens but the scoring ability the par five all that i really like and this guy's likely going to be one percent at 6700 web.com grad lanto griffin (laughs) i knew that's where you were going you did yes guys a total bomber 
And I don't know. I just think the par five. It, it, I think the par five scoring is the, is the, the key to him. So he's going to be one guy that I'm going to have like I'm going to have some of everywhere. Just just in case, just in case. So there you go. I think that's it. I mean, I, you, you, there's so many guys in this range. I don't want to beat it up, but um, but Lanto. Lanto and Kokrak are your pivot plays there for me, and that and and yeah. Lanto's coming off of decent. I mean, T twelve at the Farmers. I mean, he's got top twelve upside, top ten upside. He's had an eagle in every event he's played in the last couple of weeks here. Um, eighteen birdies at the Farmers, eighteen at the Career Builder. Um, he's actually an eighteen birdies sponsor guy. Eighteen birdies sponsors him. So. Didn't play at the waste management though, so got a little week's rest coming off a of T twelve at the Farmers. Yeah, I think Lanto Griffin's interesting. Um, you know, what do you think about what What do you think about stacking? I tell you, Wednesday is going to be key because when it comes down to the weather and the course rotation and who's playing on the tough course on what day, similarly to the Career Builder. You know, weather's going to be important. So I think, you know, you mentioned it, Pat, at the top. I mean, you do need to check that. And it might not be a bad idea if you're playing multiple lineups in GPPs. I think it makes a lot of sense to stack certain um, waves, tee time waves, or or course rotations is what I mean. So, you know, have if you're going to play multiple lineups, have some lineups that are guys that start, you know, start at pebble have some that start at spyglass have some that start at monterey peninsula and go through you know and have some exposure have some lineups just in case it all hits the fan um for for certain rotations i think that makes sense do you uh you probably don't agree with that because you think that's overthinking it and not smart or whatever no i mean i mentioned that i think there there, there's a you know just depending on weather you want to see and tea times which we don't we don't know yet i I do think there can be some advantages and then if we talk like first round leader bets you know we may look at like my bookie for some of those i mean that could really depend on what course they're going to play on so if you're playing a first round leader bet you definitely have to pay attention to what the course is yeah um so yeah that's not overthinking it. I mean, when you have these three courses, there's there's always there's not every event's like this. This is sort of unusual. We had this at the Career Builder. We'll have a few more like this during the year. But you got to take that knowledge to, and 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 use it to your advantage, knowing that there's three different courses. Which ones are the easiest ones? You know, which guys are going to have those courses on the best day, the best weather day? Use it to your advantage on if you're gambling. You're, you're playing bets on my bookie or whatever, or if you're, uh, you know, if you're doing DraftKings. So. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Um, so, and then just recapping on some of the strategy, I'm going with when it comes to DraftKings, my cash lineups having DJ and then probably a Rafa Cabrera Bello stack in cash. I'm going to fill that in with guys like Kirk and Reavy and Pat Perez and Kevin Streelman. That's kind of a cash lineup for myself. In GPPs, I am looking to start at uh, the 9K range with Gary Woodland, a lot of Patrick Cantlay, Matt Kuchar, and a little more balanced approach. On Fantasy Draft, however, I'm getting some Jason Day and Dustin Johnson in there. I'm going to dig down low and get guys like Chris Kirk and Kevin Streelman. So. 
that's okay. that's it, man. All right, what one, and, one done. and done. Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay. One and done. I, just, I always know you forget about it, so I was worried. I that forgot you about it all season. I think I think the contest with Gup keeps me from forgetting about it. Now, yeah. ask me in like two months when I still haven't hit a winner on one and done, and I'm like at the bottom of the list and don't care. But, um, so I think we already kind of know who your one and done is, huh? My one and done is going to be Patrick. Reed. Yeah, I think we. I think we. we figured By the out. way, I failed to mention this earlier, but if you look at odds on my bookie. He's at twenty-eight to one on my bookie, which is, I think, literally like the tenth, maybe highest guy, and he's down there on seventy-nine hundred on DraftKings. So, yeah, that ought to tell you something. In itself well, where's right Rafa Cabrera Bella? Like, that's probably the biggest. Yeah, I haven't looked at that. Bella's that's probably the biggest. Little. Yeah. Um. Oh, man, I suck at one and done. Um, I am going to go with, you know, we didn't talk about, we didn't even talk about Jason Day and like his whole injury thing that he almost had at the Farmers before he won. I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on that because Lord knows he's going to withdraw from something on Wednesday or anyway. Um, all right, one and done. I am going to go with, ugh. I keep wondering if I should use my stud or not. Like, use a stud. I really haven't done that yet. I'm wrestling, Pat. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay. I really, oh. like, I really like Cantlay this week. I knew that was where you were going to go. The one and done Patrick. So predictable tonight. You could do like an all Pat lineup in this uh, this week. <laughs> you could. You could do Pat Cantlay, Pat Perez, Patrick Reed. Where's Patrick Rogers? He's in here. Can you do that? Where's Rogers? I'm all for an all Pat lineup. Patrick Rogers. Are there? Please tell me there's six people in here named Pat. You could do Padraig Harrington and consider Padraig Harrington. Is there another one? Is there one more? What a great name. Pat. Nope, that's it. You only got five. That sucks. Sucks for you. All right, man. That's uh, that's a wrap. Good show. AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Thanks for downloading. We hope your screens are green. If they are, tweet us. We want to know about it. Don't forget to, to cop that article from our boy Ben Little. It's going to be fire. Hopefully his chalk bomb doesn't chalk bomb chalk bomb this week. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. DB, see ya! Oh! My heart skips skipping the beach and I'm close enough so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Only Ellen, Michael Strahan. Plus, a little cruise ship dancer taking over social media. People were coming up to me and asking me for autographs. It was kind of awkward. But... Right, well, it's going to be more awkward now. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. Imagine moving into a new home and hearing scratching, screeching every night. Inside the walls, hundreds of bats. They just took over that. I had no idea. Warning signs something could be lurking in your home. 
today at 5 on NBC4.